to Jay Jake Jackets. Gear up to fire the cannon and hit the ice with your host, Jay Ashdown and Jake Gehringer. and bangles and just like and the dog was i mean my dog is old so franklin is fine yeah but he's adorable <laughs> oh man been too long sorry people we it's been, been way too long man in 10 days since our last show how many 10 days it's really only been 10 days that's crazy it's only, been only been 10 days really well, it's just how, how I, it felt like it's been like three weeks. Honestly, it really has, like, right? It's just my, my feeling, but I believe you when you say 10 days. Well, because also we had the trade deadline, which we're not going to deep dive into anymore because it's already Because been... it, it passed by. We wanted to do something more for it, but things came up. and Yeah, life cool. happens. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of that to end the show, but uh, we're going to start with a little bit of happiness with Cappy's and then switch gears um because jackets are on a little bit of a losing streak which ah. yeah they've uh, lost three in a row i see lost five to one to pen pittsburgh couple overtime, overtime losses, losses in there pretty winnipeg's average minnesota's a good team minnesota we took them to overtime twice i will say let's just address the elephant in the room <laughs> I literally, like, before we started, I saw you wearing the hoodie, and I was just like, ooh. It's super nice, man. The team's <laughs> not good, but, you know, the, the, the merchandise is great. The merch is great. I got this in Gatlinburg because I was oh, like, no. they're already rolling out Seattle merch? Wow. Yeah. So then I bought the hat, and I was like, yes. <laughs> Any question for you, Jake? How many points do the Blue Jackets have in the standings? I heard it's kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So, Cappies. Um, so, I have one that's very, very out of date, but I still want to do it. <laughs> what is it? I want to give one more to Max Domi, just as a thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Cappy. Because, yeah, he was good while he was here. He didn't really get the role that he was promised under John Tortorella. And then Larson was like, yes, we're going to try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then he was good in the bottom six. He was, um, good in the, he was good on the second line. Yeah. Look, man, it, it didn't work. It didn't Unfortunate. Work. Unfortunate. That trade in general has aged strangely. <laughs> You know, it really has. Well, especially with how Montreal's been doing and how Josh has just kind of regressed to the mean. Also, he was just like, even when they made the final last year, he was just all over the place. And he, he, yeah, you wouldn't hear from him for four straight games. And then he would score two goals against Vegas, one being the game tire, one being the overtime winner. You wouldn't hear from the entire series against Tampa, but then he would score the overtime winner in game four to force it to a game five. Oh, but, <laughs> you know, he, he had, he, here's the thing. He gave you moments. Mm-hmm. And if you're a Habs fan, he gave you moments that you right. can remember. 
cherish. But <laughs> the extension and the investment afterwards is just kind of like, hmm. It's a lot of money to the player, man, like him. Especially but, with the style he plays. Yes, because he's, you know, the definition of a power forward, right? He is, and, and he's he's good at it. But we also know that those players don't have the same shelf life as, you know, a lot of other players in the league do, you know? Unless it, you're Boone Jenner and just don't get hurt. Yeah, yeah. for real. I, I, and I think what what's going to help Boone, you know, maintain long term longevity in his career is that we're kind of going away from that kind of style for him. Yes. He still does it. He's still physical. Oh, absolutely. He's been way more of a playmaker than anything else this year. And honestly, I like it. It's something that he can do. Well, we talk about how he drives the offense, but this, again, just thank you, Max, for everything you've done. You looked Mm -hmm. great to start the year as long as you were in there. Well, also remember, man. The start of this year for Max Domi was the most unfortunate thing in the world. A COVID, like one or two COVID stints and two huge injuries. Well, remember, like he was, he wasn't even supposed to be back. He was supposed to be back in right. January. Yep. He came back in September for the preseason. He, he healed up fast, did everything he needed to do. He was back on the ice and surprised everybody. So, oh, yeah. People are looking at this trade thinking, ah, we want more for him. All I'm going to say is remember two things. One, he wasn't supposed to play as, as, as long as he did. Mm hmm. Two, they could have lost this guy for nothing last year. They could have. Yeah. They lost him to this team. These guys, these guys <laughs> could have taken, yeah. And they decided to get Gavin Bayreuther. And <laughs> they were like, no thanks. We'd rather have nothing. I was going to say, didn't Steve say that? <laughs> like, yes. They you got to take nothing over Gavin Max Domi if you have the choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing with VTech Vanacek. Like, what? <laughs> well, at least they got a second for him. But, Fair. like, it got. I'm stunned. I'm still stunned. They literally the could. They, they could have taken Max Domi and they didn't. <laughs> they, you just take Max Domi. You make the same trade that Columbus just did. Retain half his salary. You get a defenseman who goes to the Boston College. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we got something out of it, and at least another guy to put in the pool, right? Here's the way that I look at this trade, man. Okay, Josh Anderson for Max Domi in a third. Okay. Who, I do want to address if you want to give a Kepi, go ahead, just real quick, oh, yeah. and then we'll get right into the yeah. Uh, I'll give it to Elvis. Elvis played well in uh, Minnesota. They, they, he deserved better. Oh yeah. Um, they played a hell of a game. You know, it, it, it's a it's a sucky loss, but well, against a contender like Minnesota. Minnesota is unbelievable. Karol <laughs> <laughs> Kaprizov is unreal. Yeah, I think that's what I take out of it. You play two damn, you take two games against a damn good hockey team, less than a month. And of course, it had to and be Mark Andre Fleury's first. One, one of them, you lost like, one of them. Whatever, seriously. man. Seriously, like, it had to be Mark Andre's debut in Minnesota, right? I thought we had no chance of winning that game. I was like, Mark Andre Fleury, there's no way we're winning that game. When Minnesota tied it with like a minute left, I was like, "Yep." Well, <laughs> but so. Like, Yes. I, I tell people this all the time when they ask about the Blue Jackets, and I don't mean this in a, in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the best bad team I've ever watched. 
Yeah. I mean, like, you know, and I know that some people don't want to hear that they're a bad team, but frankly, they weren't supposed to be good. And they weren't supposed to be. No, our expectations, as most people know, yeah. we didn't really have much. <laughs> let me tell you, let me, let me read um, a stat to you. Okay. Quick, just to just blanket statement these games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 5-4 win over St. Louis. That was amazing. That was great. Could have given Oh, yeah, a- we didn't talk about that one either. Yeah, that one was a good one. <laughs> we did. The fourth line was clicking in that one. <laughs> yeah, they were. Dude, Demmer, um, Corrali, they, they all looked great. Did, Gus having three points in mm-hmm. the four games since. Uh, the only goal against Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. uh, chipped in an assist against uh, the, the Jets. Yeah. And I mean, what else can you do? Like these guys, like the Jets are fighting for their playoff lives. Minnesota's fine. Pittsburgh's fine. St. Louis is fine. Yeah, they're all fine. The Jets are have a tough road ahead because it not only is, is Dallas right ahead of them, mm-hmm. but you know, you got Vegas as well. Um, so they're Vegas in the have been on like what's what the hell's going on in Vegas? I don't know if you want to talk about that later. I <laughs> We'll get to it if we get to it, but real quick, <laughs> I want to see what Blue Jackets is right now as we end Kepi Keepers, man. Real quick stat, all right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Top four teams in the National Hockey League for most comeback wins this season. Yes, this Panthers is great. With 20. Panthers, you said? Lightning with 21. Mm-hmm. Blue Jackets with 21. Rangers with 22. I see that, people. You Most see that? Other teams are playoff teams. Rangers are playoff team. Lightning, back-to-back cup winners. Um, going for a three-peat. Yeah. And the Panthers, yeah. The three really damn good hockey teams in, oh, yeah. in that company with. So that's that's the one thing is that that's what I've learned about this team this year. You, you Every year, like as a rebuilding team, you want to learn something about them. And what Resilience. we've learned about the Columbus Blue Jackets is under Brad Larson, this team can score goals. Mm-hmm. They're never out of games, but they have to improve defensively and yep. in that. Yep. I'm fine with that. I can live with that. They got a winning record. They're not going to make the playoffs. Nobody expected them to. I don't care. If they're the first team out in the East. Even really- if it's by, like, okay, the margin that it is right now. It's, it's 11 it's, points. It's, it's huge. a search, but like, what are you going to do? You know, Boston, Washington, they were nine, two, and one going into like yesterday. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, they're, they're both nine, two, and one in the month of March, Boston and yeah. Washington. Mm-hmm. So, like, it sucks, but like to be the first team out, even if it's, you know, by that wide of a margin in an east that was decided in december which is crazy but like think about it um as we play the islanders tonight we're ahead of them mm-hmm. or look at the teams that we're ahead of we're, we're ahead of um the islanders who were just in the conference final the last two years almost beat we we're also in free fall yeah um like they're called they called up Corey schneider dude Sorokin's hurt. They called up Corey Schneider. It's tough. We're ahead of, uh, but look at the other teams, man. Like we we talked about earlier this year um, when we made our playoff predictions. 
Mm-hmm. Um, look, look what, what's happening. If you just look at the Metropolitan Division. Yep. Our winner pick, Carolina, came yep. first. Um, Pittsburgh, who I think we both had as wild card team, um, mm-hmm. is in second. Mm-hmm. Rangers, I believe I picked them to finish second. I think one of us third. one of us had second, one of us had third. They're in third. Fourth, the Capitals, who we both had as a playoff team. Four or five, yep. But look at who you're ahead of. You're ahead of the Islanders, you're ahead of the Flyers, you're ahead of the Devils. Um, we thought and, the pattern with the Flyers was going to continue and they were going to make the playoffs and they we, we thought very they much have not. We thought that they would contend because it felt like a year where they weren't really supposed to do anything. They've had that Calgary Flames feel to them the last mm-hmm. five years. Every year you expect something, they shit the bed. Every yep. year you expect something, they make it to the playoffs. Um, very, very happen. back and forth on and off with Philly. Very yeah. back and forth, but Carter Hart regained form. He's a good goalie. Martin Jones yeah. has been everything. Yeah, Martin Jones hasn't been terrible. Renaissance <laughs> has not been. You know, he's not been terrible. It's his best season since 2018. Which is saying something with a 901, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. But he has a bit of abysmal. He has a bit of abysmal. Like, you know, and, and not to mention, I, I would say, generally speaking, you know, and Carter Hart's only got a 909, but I'd say the defense contributes a lot to it when you're continuing uh, yeah. Yandel and Rasmus Ristolainen. Um, We've dug into those two plenty already. Let's not. But you, you know what I mean. Like they're ahead of teams that we projected would be ahead. We didn't think that yep. the Flyers were going to be great. We didn't think the Devils were going to be great, but we thought that they would probably be better. The Devils have taken steps. Which sure, is the nice. Islanders were going to be ahead of us. Oh yeah. So you learn a lot, and there's things this team obviously has to improve, but helps on the way. You got yeah. young defensemen who are developing overseas in the minors, up in, in college, junior, college hockey. Um, you, you know, you're, you're going to get Ken Johnson very soon. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to be excited about, man. Oh, yeah. There's even in lost seasons like this, when you mm-hmm. know you have a good system in place, you yeah. still have excitement to look forward to. Every I think year. Buffalo is feeling very similar right now, to be honest. Yeah, I would Buffalo's say so. Buffalo's got a lot to be happy about. I would say so. They're ahead of Philadelphia, New Jersey, Ottawa, and Montreal. Oh, well, Ottawa and Montreal is not exactly uh, the most. Not the highest bar, but at the end of the day, I think we both projected. A sp- like, we th- we knew Montreal was going to drop off. Not to this degree. No. We, drop off. we thought Ottawa would be better. The fact that the Sabres, would, would you have guessed before this year that the Sabres at this point would be ahead of Philadelphia, New Jersey, Ottawa, Montreal, Seattle, Arizona, and tied with Chicago? Probably not. (laughs) So there's a lot to be happy about. And that game last night was crazy between those two teams. (laughs) Chicago and and Buffalo. That was was a wild That was so wild. Okay. Switching gears aggressively because we've basically recapped the games. We're going to talk about the deadline in a second. But... This came out of nowhere, and I just want to send condolences. I don't know if we have Senators fans that watch and listen. I know I'm friends with Senators fans all over Discord. Mm-hmm. I've got some friends who, who are Senators fans. Um, Eugene Melnick passed away. Rest in peace to the now former Senators owner. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he passed away at age 62, which was really young, yeah. like much younger than I thought he was. Apparently it was something that was, I think, relatively hidden, perhaps. Yes. Okay. I said this when I found this out last night after work, because uh, I came home from work and then Christian shared it in our little group chat, right? Because it, it just broke that, like when I got home. Right. It was some unexpected or it was some illness that he's battling or that he was battling that we don't really, you know, know what it is. If sends PR sends out what it is, fine. We might find out in his autopsy or will or whatever if that gets released. I don't think so. And frankly, it doesn't matter. Right. It's just so out of nowhere. Like like there there's some owners who like when it happens, you've expected it. Mm-hmm. For, for for whatever reason this was just out of nowhere yes i remember and you texted me and i was like really to, shit what yeah I, I literally i had i had to check twitter and all over to just and i found out like, right. it was crazy well the first thing i want to say is i don't want to attribute that like because we know we've already had covid mania stuff go on with people's deaths everywhere yeah, I, we're not going to speculate anything on that. Level. We're not going to speculate what this was, if it was. All I know is that it was weird to know that this year, specifically, he was very out of the media and out of the public eye. Yes. Yeah, that I had noticed that too. Um, and, and I thought maybe it was just because there, there was a comfort level with where the team was at with with pierre mcguire and pierre dorian at the helm yep um it makes it 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 makes it interesting with because you you don't want to speculate like if this had impact on certain moves but part of me would have to wonder if he brought in pierre mcguire to continue his vision Mm -hmm. we've we've made jokes about melnick in the past we've you know, we've watched the SDP guys make jokes about Melnick in the past. We've seen all the horrible, crazy from 2017 through like 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, Melnick was everywhere. And the Borvietsky interview, everything that he did publicly, the, the thing with the Centennial Classic, all of that. It doesn't matter now. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's there's nothing wrong with for, for one day or however long you feel just separating the two and saying, mm-hmm. yeah, that happened. Um, we made fun of those things. Um, I felt a certain way about it. I still feel that way. Yes. But also saying, and a man died. Right. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to sit here and in this moment, criticize those things. Well, you know, we're going to remember that here's here at the end of the day, I understand a lot of senators fans were frustrated with this guy. I get it. I understand yeah. why they were, but at the same time, a lot of them, when this happened yesterday, that I saw the same people who were frustrated with them, put that aside. Yep. And they were wishing his family well. Celebrate the owner that saved their franchise. He saved the franchise. <laughs> he did. So when, when he bought it back in two thousand three, yeah, too. absolutely. It's incredibly unfortunate. And I'm wishing his family the best of luck. I'm wishing the Ottawa Senators organization the best of luck. Quick, t- uh, quick tweet, excuse me, uh, from Matt Boasty. 
he also did a lot of good during the pandemic. He sent food to hospitals and frontline workers. He offered up Canadian Tire Center for vaccination centers. He paid employees at the Sense store downtown for shifts, even though they closed during the convoy stuff that happened up there. Mm-hmm. So despite your feelings on who Eugene Melnick is as a person, as an owner, the shitty things he like being a billionaire, being a billionaire, you have to be pretty selfish, right? Sure. Financially. Financially. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't get to that place on accident. You know, a a lot of businesses are cutthroat and yeah, I would say that's a fair statement. If you want to get to that point, it's very much a a, a system of doing what you got to do. Yeah. And that means cutting off the, the guy's neck next to you, you do it. And that's, and that's just business. Right. Um, I try not to criticize people too much over those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, but Yeah. Uh, I wonder what they do. Like, I don't, we'll see what the will says, I guess, but it's like, if, does a family member step in? Do they just go ahead and sell to somebody else? My, and I don't know the answer to everything, but generally speaking, when an owner dies, usually the will will leave it to someone else in the family. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, that person will sell. Right, because we didn't we more recently have this with like uh, Mike Illich, right? Mm-hmm. A few years ago. Yeah, and it, it, that happens, and I don't know if it's necessarily the same as with, with hockey. It, it feels like that's kind of necessarily the case with with football, because mm-hmm. um, that's the belief that a lot of people have in Chicago. Because I mean, God, Virginia's like what 98, 99 years old. She's getting very much up there. It's yes, very much up there. And a lot of people's belief in Chicago for the Bears is whenever that happens. One of her sons is going to take it? One of her sons is going to take it and sell it. That's the general consensus that people feel like in Chicago. But I don't know. You know, the family, the the Melnick family, whoever gets it, Mm -hmm. they they could keep it. They could keep it and try to, you know, um, steer it back to better ideas mm-hmm. like you know because it would have to be like a family run thing but the only problem is i think that that could cause some division and that's why yeah. because when you leave it to a family mm-hmm. it's and when you have so like when you have a lot of money and then you have your wills and it's split up in many different areas to many different people it makes things a lot more complicated yep. and that's why generally speaking they usually just tend to just sell sell it to one person one yes. majority owner because that that it gives you one person at the top it's that just happens with family deaths in general because i remember exactly i remember when my grandfather passed away in 2015 we're still going through crap like this with my mom's side of the family where it just caused a lot of divide over who got what and... mm-hmm. yeah that, that's tough um but but in this moment, I'm sure we can iron out the details later. But I, I'm I'm wishing the best Biggest, of luck to yes the senators organization and the Melnick family. The players sent out a lot of statements today. Yeah. Brady's presser, mm-hmm. um, it's heartbreaking. 
Mm-hmm. Regardless of what you think about Brady Kachuk, I mean, come on. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think opinions of players matter in a moment like this because at the no. end of the, no matter how much you deal with someone, it's still someone you've dealt with close enough. Yes. Regardless of if he's out here making the decisions or not, this guy owned a hockey team that chose to pick Brady Kachuk with the fourth overall pick. Yep. And name him captain. And give him a large contract. There's some, you know, it doesn't have to be like a significant best friend relationship, but no, it's still enough of a relationship that it's going to hit you. Yeah. It's going to hit you very hard. Uh, very much rest in peace to Eugene Meldick. Um, we'll see what they do, right? Yeah. Like, I, I pray that the Senators, they play against Nashville tonight. I hope they win this game. That's or Eugene. I wonder, I wonder if Borbietsky is going to be in the lineup. Oh, you're right. I thought he was on IR. I thought he was injured. I mean, he Nashville. might be. I, I haven't I seen I think he's injured. I don't know. I, I would at least think that he would be around to at least like talk to maybe the media or whatnot, put out a statement, some, some maybe like that. something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, sends play, at, you know, against Nashville tonight. And I hope the senators win for Eugene's sake. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, Columbus's deadline. Yarmo didn't do much. Uh, he traded max. We know this, uh, which yeah. was the biggest thing that they did. We figured either way, Max was either going to stay or go, more than likely go. And, and we figured that it was at a point where he was just going to go because they weren't going to extend him, mm-hmm. and you don't want to lose him for nothing. Right. Uh, the one thing that shocked me was that kind of also didn't was, you know, not shopping Corpy. There really wasn't a market for a Corp seller. I'd have to imagine that's done out of good faith. And the reason I say good faith is because he had the injury and I don't think it was suffered in the Pittsburgh game. I think it's something that's been nagging for a little bit. And I think the Pittsburgh game was the final straw and they put him on uh, IR. His season's over. His hip surgery, yes. Why? Because it's not good business to, you know, trade a goaltender who's already hurt. Already hurt this? and going for surgery. Yeah, I think and it's that's hip surgery. Like, we yeah. we were wondering if they were going to trade him. We were wondering why because they came to a point where we felt like they weren't going to do it, mm-hmm. and we were kind of wondering why they didn't. And then when he finally got the surgery, I was like, "That makes sense." That's why. Yep. I was a little surprised that they didn't de- uh, deal Dean Kukin. Keeping Dean, I'm fine with it. His contract's up, though, unless they plan on keeping him around. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's a fine defenseman. I, I felt like you probably could have gotten like, some kind of mid-pick for him. Good third-pairing guy. Yeah. I mean, Teams like, could use a guy like that. I mean, you can always use that. Yeah. So I, I, was <laughs> a little, I was a little surprised by that, but, I mean, that's not the end of the world. No, I'm fine with it. Like, he's good. And it's like, you know, you watch other guys on that D4 play um, that got their chances higher in the lineup. Like, we've seen that with Andrew Peak recently, right? Yeah. And Peak's had his moments, like, when he, ooh, the, the own goal more recently. But, I mean, Peak's been playing fine. Yeah. 
he's he's okay. He's, you know, defensively he's fine. I'd like to see a little bit more in transition and and offensively, but he's still young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Cooks is still here. Corpy, obviously out of good faith, is still here. Uh, Max is gone. Good luck in Carolina, except for against us. <laughs> this uh, against the Capitals. He did. That was very fun to see. Uh, and I mean, he gets to play with uh, KK again. Yeah. Did he play with KK? Maybe. For, yeah. Maybe for a year, right? For a little bit, yeah. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm I'm excited for him because. I, I personally feel like so. So he came to Columbus. It was not a fit with Torts. No, uh, not at all. Well, a, a lot of guys didn't really fit well with Torts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next year they tried it again with Brad. It went a hell of a lot better. Mm-hmm. But his role wasn't ironed out. He was kind of all over the place. Yep. He gets a fresh new start with Rod, with Rod Brindamore. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, let me tell you, man, you can't, if you're not ready to run through a brick wall for that guy, if that guy can't get you up and ready to play, then. Did you see what his dad said? Up, Did that's, you see that's what Ty said? What did he say? <laughs> he said something like, dude, the fact that my son gets to play for Rod Brindamore now, oh my God. <laughs> like something along it. those lines. Because I mean, those guys played against each other. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it's crazy. It feels like so. The last few years, we've had this wave of these elite players becoming either coaches or general managers, mm-hmm. and doing a really freaking good job of doing it. You know, fresh Steve one, Wyatt. Martin St. Louis. Yeah, Marty St. Louis is doing a hell of a job behind the bench, but you know, Stevie Y in the front office. Yeah, Sackick in front office, and I mean, this guy. Even guys that were more or less like not as much names like bill garen in the front office right bill garen was a hell of a player too and he he's doing a hell of a job well, in the front he's office. not like a you know he's not he's one of those names not like, like those guys but he's still, or, yeah. still a hell of a player um still had a really great career but but yeah no i get what you mean it's it's definitely uh helpful mm-hmm. but, but let me tell you man rod brindamore it's it's crazy Sheldon I mean, keith dude like even guys like Sheldon, like, you know, like so many former players are now either coaches or front office people. And we're seeing, like you said, we're seeing the elite of the elite step in now. Right. How long did he play? Brindy? No, Sheldon Keefe. Oh, Keefe only. I'm not going to give you Sheldon Keefe. He had 12 goals in his career. <laughs> <laughs> well, he also, yeah. Did he win with Tampa? Uh, he might have. I, I don't know. I'm pretty I'm sure giving, he won the cup with Tampa. I'm not giving you that, man. That guy scored 12 goals and 12 assists in 125 games, man. I'm talking about the elite players. <laughs> We're out here talking about, like, if Ilya Labushkin's going to be a coach. <laughs> Great player, man. <laughs> Bulls running the defense tonight, man. Come on. Yeah, I'm excited about that. that that's that's Because, you know, we've heard nothing but good things about Jared Bull as a coach. Oh yeah, like like player development, his eye for talent. Because you know he was never a guy that was uh, really going out there making a huge difference on the ice in terms mm-hmm. of offense, defense, stuff like that. He he was an enforcer. Yes, he was giving you energy. He was physical. He was going to lay the body and he was going to beat the shit out of your face. Oh, right, <laughs> that was his job. But like clearly, there's a hockey mind there because 
he didn't even play defense and they're letting him coach the defensive court at night mm-hmm. now that- with no Zach. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see how the defense plays, man, because we've been hearing for the last year plus that Jared Bowles is a really interesting option moving forward in, in the Blue Jackets coaching staff because people Mike love the said guy. it when yeah. we had Mike Todd on, he said it. Yeah. So that's, that's another thing to be excited about with, with him. Uh, but I'm excited to see it. You know, like we said, like, because it doesn't matter how we do going forward because we're not making the playoffs, but we're satisfied with everything. You get to see some interesting things. Like we talked oh, about yeah. Sal is out. I want to see a little bit more of JF Berube. Yes. I want to see if he's the backup moving forward. We get a chance to see if Jared Bull is the legitimate coach, whether it be defense offense whatever i don't care but he, he's obviously doing good in player development kennedy's running the offense and yeah. uh, pascal vincent is uh running the whole bench yeah and, and i'm excited about that too we get opportunities to see different players i want to see more of gabe carlson the rest of the season um because he uh, you know you gotta know what you got you gotta know what you have in him how many times have i said that that i just want to see more yeah. of carlson Mm-hmm. I want to see more Bemmer in the last couple of, you know, in the last few games. Mm-hmm. See if you have anything in the bottom six there, because frankly, I think him, Robbie, and Corrali looked pretty damn good together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then in the next couple of weeks, you know, Michigan's doing a hell of a job. They're going to the Frozen Four, so you're not going to yep. have him for a little bit. But you might have Kent Johnson for a few games before the end of the year. Might have Kent. Who knows if Tex is going to come back with whatever he's got going on personally. Yeah. Um, if you don't, that's okay. You know, just wish Tex well, too. I mean, well, now here's the other thing. Now that you traded away Max Domi. And put since, Tex in there next year. Well, I was also going to say since Kent Johnson's not coming for the next couple of weeks because he's still got to do the Frozen Four, why don't you call up Liam Foodie? Give Foodie his chance, yes. Yeah. Yeah, call up Trey. <laughs> see, if Trey see if Trey gives you anything. Trey could give you something. We've seen that already. But again, I want to stick with Foodie because he's been the guy that we've talked about. Yeah, what is he, 18th like, overall? 18th 20... overall pick in 2018. This kid rocked it in the bubble. Yeah, he looked out. He looked pretty good in the regular season when when he had to play for the Blue Jackets. Um, it was only a few games, but it was on an emergency basis, and we just haven't heard from him since. And and I want to know what we got in the guy, right? Because you know, at the end of the day, Len, you got Cole Stillinger. You yeah. just drafted yeah. Kent Johnson. You Who's have Sean Corrali. Sean Corrali is good in the bottom six. We're doing just fine at center. So if this guy isn't a pure center or if he's not a top six center, I can live with it. But if he's just a speedy guy who's going to be good on the penalty kill and play in the bottom six, you know, you'd hope for more from your first round pick, but I don't care. If this guy's got control and you can use him as effectively in that role, do it. Yeah. Let him do it. But, but, but keeping him, in the minors, you know, I've said, like, I want him to get more ice time, so I'm fine with him being in the minors. But now you're in a spot, I think you got to bring it up. I think you got to try it for a few games. Give him 10 games to see how he does. Yeah, give him – finally give him a chance. Like, mm-hmm. we talk about show me time, right? Yeah. This is Liam's show me time. It should be. I really hope they do it. 
because you know guys have already gotten their show me time like trey like carson meyer got a little bit of show me time Mm -hmm. this year already you know there's already players that you know what you got in like you you already extended justin danforth so you clearly i'm fine with that I'm, i'm happy to have him back next year but i think you know what you got in him so i think i'm okay with scratching him a bit Mm-hmm. And it's nothing against him. It's just to give a spot to somebody else. Nothing against got. guys like Bemmer or Robbie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's a shot. This is, this is the beauty of it is, is we get the opportunity over the next, what is it, 16 games I think we got left in the season? To kind 15, of 16, that. somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, we play 66. So you got 16 games left to – figure out where you're at yeah, and, and where you're going to be going uh, next season. So we know, you know bits and pieces yeah, of it. I'd like to see six starts for Barube. Give me at least six starts for him. Mm-hmm. And, and in those six starts, I want to see if this, if this guy has anything that makes me feel like he could be a backup goaltender at the NHL level. And it doesn't even have to be like, Oh, he's a backup goalie. He's going to be our backup. At least show me something to give him another contract. So maybe he can compete for a backup spot. We know what, with this team, we know what the top six needs to look like when healthy. We know mm-hmm. yeah. what the issue is. Your top line is Voracek, Jenner, and Lining. Yes. You know that your second line is some combination of Bjorkstrand, Sillinger, and Nicholas. Gus, or whoever you want to put in the other wing spot, right? Yeah. I think you got to keep Gus in the top six. Probably. Maybe. But you're in, a, you're in a damn good spot with that. Are you kidding me? You got Gus <laughs> and York Strand uh, on your second line. <laughs> um, I, I feel pretty damn comfortable with that, especially with, especially with Cole in the middle. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then the, you know, the bottom six is a little in flux with who you can bring in and bring out. And guys need opportunities now. Yeah. As far as defense goes, same thing. You have Lorensky and Boakfast, those guys run the show. You got three good defensemen. You know, Zach's going to play at least, at least 25 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. That is a hell of a lot of minutes. Yeah. It doesn't, he's superhuman. So he, he can do it. And he is going to bring the offense. You know, he's, he's average defensively, but he's going to bring the offense. He's excellent in transition. He logs a lot of minutes. He's a good player. Yes, oh, you, you just you get a lot of you get similar stuff in, in Gavrikov. Mm-hmm. I think you know he's pretty. His solid. offense is coming up. His his offense is coming up. His defense has come down a bit, but everybody else has. So I'm not putting too much into it. He's still solid defensively. Yorkshire or Bokvis <laughs> defense is it, it, it comes and goes. But frankly, with how good his offense is, mm-hmm. I can live with it. Uh, right. Oh, man, you got three other spots on de- on defense. Three other spots. It's up for, for, for anybody to pick it. Peak, Carlson, Bayreuther, whoever, you know, Kuhlman's, if he shows up. Uh, he's he's going to take some time to develop. I'd imagine he's going to play another year uh, at Wisconsin um, before he before he comes over. But, but other defensemen that you got, I mean, Jake Christensen. Christensen, yes. I, I'd like to see more Jake Christensen. I like what I saw from him. I liked what I saw from him. Um, he had got his first pro game winner recently in Cleveland. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. But free agency is an option. There, there's free agency too. Free agency. 
trades, you can make a deal. You can get, get, I think this team needs another right hand shot defenseman who can play in the top four. Yeah. Um, put, put someone on with Vlad and yeah. Where you get that, I don't know. It could be through free agency. It could be through trade. Doesn't matter to me. But could be in the system, maybe eventually. Eventually, I mean, you know, you know, two years, two to three years down the line, you'd hope that Coolman's is going to be in that spot. Mm-hmm. But for next year, you're going to have to make a move to get someone to do it because, frankly, you can't just run it back with this defensive core again. It's not going to work. No. And then in net, you know, you know, Elvis is your guy going forward. I want to see him bounce back a little bit. I actually had an interesting conversation with Dmitry Filipovic about it. Oh, the name uh, drop. Yeah, a little bit. You know, he he obviously he he loves him. <laughs> of uh, course. Yeah, let me let me tell you what he said. What's not to love about Elvis Merzlikens, man? Because I was asking like a question, like you know, the save percentage, the goals against average, the numbers really aren't that great this year. He said, "I believe Elvis is legitimately good. Honestly, the Blue Jackets might be the worst defensive team in the entire league this season." <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> Which is just, it's fair because they play a very loose kind of style. Yeah. And stuff. Uh, he said the entire well, team plays so loose, but it's mostly because there's a bunch of young dudes who don't really know any better. I don't well, the think coaching system really too. It, yeah. He said, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. They weren't going to compete this year anyway, but they're pretty, they play a pretty mm-hmm. fun style of hockey and there's been a lot of scoring. I'd rather take this over whatever the hell last season was. Well, okay. Like I said, the coaching systems, right? You're, the defensive mind of John Tortorella is not really going to go away much, especially with having Brad under him. But at the same time, Brad just let the horses run. Yeah. Year. he. You know, I, th- I think that next year it's going to be trying to combine the two. Yeah. Brad, I think has come in and said, we don't want you to forget what you learned under John, but we're, we're taking a sharp turn here. We want to play up tempo. What a yep. play offense. Let's score some fucking goals, man. Yeah. And I think next year it's going to be, how can we combine these two? How right. can we play an up-tempo style of hockey while also being efficient defensively and protecting our goaltenders? Um, th- those two have to come together. But, uh, you know, as those two come together, um, it-, it also comes with you have to get better players. And I yes. think offensively it seems pretty fine. Defensively you need better. Yeah. Because the unfortunate thing is, I like our top three defensemen, Wierenski, Bokvist, and Gabrikov. The problem is, is none of your top three defensemen are elite defensively. Right, exactly. They're all, they're all good offensively. Gabrikov is really underrated offensively. Wierenski, we know he can do offensively. Oh, yeah. Both unbelievable offensively. Those are all great. Yeah. He needs a Gronk defensively. They do. The and, team- and frankly... I just don't think Andrew Peak's that guy. I think he's fine. You can play him on a third pair, but I don't think he's really much any more than that. You need, you know, you need a guy like TJ Brody that can chip in. Yeah, legitimately. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time can shut you down. Exactly. You You need a Brody to balance Vlad, Vlad, it's, Jake Muzzin. The problem is it, it is hard to find guys like that, but this team needs a Chris Tanev. They badly Tanev, need a Chris yep, Tanev. Yep. You know, they, they need someone 
who could come in and you, you, like you said, they chip in offensively a little bit, but yeah, they're going to shut your ass down. Oh you, yeah. You can't do that, man. Um, and, and if that means going out and even just, if, if those guys aren't available, then go out and get one of those low action players for your third pair. Get, get some, get a Labushkin, get, get someone like that. You know, it doesn't have to be that specific player, right? Get someone who could shut you down. Someone in the final minute 30 of a game, you feel comfortable putting them out there because they are going to be able to help out defensively. Right. You're not going to make any mistakes and you're going to be able to close out games. Yes. And then again, as far as the goaltending question goes, really, it's just the backup spot. And we're both in agreement on let Berube earn the job. I want him to earn the job. I, if the Blue Jackets say we're going to give him some starts, we'll give him an extension if he plays well, but we're also going to bring in another guy to compete with him, mm-hmm. go ahead. That's fine by me. But I want to see him get a chance, man, because, you know, and this isn't to, to shit on Corby per se, but, I mean, that guy, he's played four games this season. He had a 924 in that, in that <laughs> time frame. Dude, 924. In a four-game stretch, that's a really small sample size, but that's a bet that that's a, that's a really, four-game stretch really, that we really haven't really seen good. from Corpusello or Ridley Elvis in the last two years. Right. Elvis wasn't bad last year. He had a pretty good season last year. This season, his numbers have fallen, but I think with the way that the team plays, there's a correlation there. Yeah. But yeah. Damn, there, there's of just course. something there with Barube, and this guy's been working at it for so damn long. Dude, he got his first time with us for the first time in over a thousand days. Exactly. Like, like, like <laughs> if this guy could be the next Curtis McElhaney, wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be amazing? You know, we're not asking this guy to be special. We're asking him just to be a legitimate backup goaltender. He might just, have it in him. Just stop pucks. That's your gig. Mm-hmm. That's. It doesn't matter how often you play. Give whoever's the starter in this case elvis you know some rest be reliable enough yeah our guy elvis a night off occasionally right that's your job especially during back-to-backs yeah yeah that's a big thing it's a big thing for this team moving forward but i think where we stand right now there's a hell of a lot of things to be happy about i'm i'm content with where this team is i'm honestly the big the big thing now is just getting getting guys that need locked locked uh, Patrick Line. Yeah, giving him a lot of money so he can stay. <laughs> like guys that you really want and need to keep again uh, Patrick Line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. come on. <laughs> That's really like the rest of the season can play out however it is, as long as they stay competitive and we're, we're just going to enjoy the ride. Yeah. Um, so the GM meetings happened yesterday and are happening today. Mm-hmm. Uh, things that I saw coming around from the last, you know, from like earlier today and what have you. Uh, the cap's going to rise a million dollars next year, which like they're, they're guaranteeing this now they're going yeah. to push it up to 82 and a half, which isn't significant, but it's still enough to make a difference. It helps. It helps. It helps. Uh, <laughs> um, and then the other thing from the GM meetings, well, okay. So there was the, 
the cap circumvention thing for the playoffs. So what happened there? I, I missed this. I, I heard that there's some sort of conversation, but give me the rundown of it. Essentially, what I gather from it is they're, they've been talking about allowing, like, one extreme is, like, allowing salary cap in the playoffs as well as the regular season, which, why would you want to do that? That's stupid. So, like, why would you want to do that? Um, Breezeball had a quote that said, you know, and of course this came from friggin' Tampa's general manager of all people. Um, <laughs> people make mistakes and we learn and grow is essentially what his message about closing this loophole was. And it was just like, are you really, are you saying that just because you're benefiting from it? Like, <laughs> can I give you an honest take? <laughs> Go for like it. Genu- a genuine. Well, yeah, take. of course. I, I, yes. I don't really give a shit about cap circumvention. I, I like I'm fine with it. Let teams do it. At the end of the day, Jake, you gotta be creative enough to do it. Vegas is fucked right now. They can't like they oh, can't yeah. get stone on the ice. They can't get Alec Martinez on the ice because they didn't do it well enough. If you can do it well enough that you can play without certain players for X amount of times, make the playoffs and bring them back, I say fucking do it. That's with a gamble the, that you have to take. Well, with Vegas, especially after the Dadnov trade didn't go through and i think enough teams have caught on to start doing it that it's not like it's a distinct advantage anymore right i you know i'm fine with it i i I don't think it needs to change i think that as most things happen when a team does something creative other teams catch on and they figure out ways that they can do it and that's what it is that's all it is another thing that i did here slash read or whatever is the reason why this loophole exists mm-hmm. is because everybody's paychecks are paid out by the time the regular season is over anyway you yeah. get sure players get money from the playoffs but your regular salary that is in your contract is mm-hmm. paid for by the time the regular season's done yeah unless you're arizona <laughs> but like, like you get where I'm coming from here, right? With this, because I kind of get it. Because I mean, it's I, just like everybody else is. It's it's the old high school argument, right? Like I, everybody else is doing it. Why can't we? Yeah. Well, also, like how how? Let me tell you something, Jake. You can play an entire goddamn season without the key to Kucherov and make the playoffs. I say, fucking do it. Pretty know? much, right? If you can play because the entire season with it, yeah. We act like there's no disadvantage here. We act like like oh it's it's ridiculous because you just put any player on LTIR and suddenly you have more money to work with and make the playoffs. Well, you know I, I get the frustration if you acquire a Nathan Horton contract or you know back at like a David Clarkson contract or anybody's contract. Yeah. Yep, yep. Anymore. Like I get that frustration. <laughs> a Brent, Dak suit contract. Yeah, yeah. like I I get that frustration. Don't get me wrong, but like something just, that's totally dead. Yeah. But. You know what? It, it's kind of like, I think it's kind of like a luxury tax almost. It's it's the equivalent of like, you know, the luxury tax in baseball where we have this cap set here. You spend over, you got to spend extra money. Well, guess what? Sure, you can spend more money if you have this on your books, but you're also spending that money on that contract. There's, you know, these are just because we enjoy these shows that are on the SDPN or whatever. 
Adam and Alan talked about implementing an actual luxury tax system instead on agent provocateur, right? Like, yeah. What this loophole is is essentially that. Exactly. So I don't see any reason. Like, here's the thing: do one of two things: either keep it the same way and let teams continue to do it because teams are smart enough to know how it works now, mm-hmm. or just get rid of the fucking salary cap and just put in a luxury tax. That too. Yep. Because, frankly, I, I don't think changing the rules gonna gonna f- fix anything. Because all it's gonna come down to is what is the next loophole we can exploit. What's the next thing we can? Yeah. And when you what? have rules set in place, it's not about following the rules, as you know. It's about finding. It's about trying to pinch through them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame teams at all for doing it. I don't blame Tampa for doing it. They were the ones complaining in 2015 when Chicago was doing it. They have every right to do it. Well, okay. Like you said, it's when you have guys like Nikita Kucherov or, in Chicago's case, Patrick Kane going on long-term injuries or for this reason, why fans complain. At the end of the day, man, if you can get away with it and make the playoffs, I say fucking do it. Yeah. Get to the playoffs without Nikita Kucherov and you're using extra money to fill in other gaps and stuff like that. And he comes back to the playoffs and now you got this whole team put together and it's a masterpiece. I say fucking do it. Do it. Pay him problem. Yeah. I, I feel like a it's lot creative of people, is all hell. Yeah, get, uh, give me more creativity. Like, why not? Why does everything have to be so cookie cutter all the time? We can't expect NHL GMs to be goalies unless yeah. you actually are a goalie. Yeah. Or work. <laughs> or, uh, well, God, uh, if you're Jim Rutherford or. <laughs> but like yeah it's i just i I don't get it if if you have a loophole in front of you dog are you not gonna take it dude seriously like honestly it's not a game of ethics you're trying to win a damn championship man exactly it's it's a business it's cutthroat exactly and it's not like it's like the most unethical thing ever oh my god you're spending extra money to win a championship oh shit (laughs) whatever Uh, uh, knock on wood, the Yankees, the, 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 the Dodgers who are spending uh, the Dodgers dollars on the payroll. Good God, it's driving they, me. They don't care. They, 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 they legitimately are. They're not losing money, but they're not really making any money. Why? Because they're spending so much of it on players. But they don't fucking care. Dodgers. They get everybody every year from Mookie Betts to to, to Freddie Freeman. They didn't get a. They didn't get Blasianos, and I'm still sad that he left. But I mean, freaking believable how much money they spend. But guess what? Here's the thing: we we talk about like, well, you know, that old teams just gonna spend so much money spending the same team. Did the Dodgers win the championship last year? Yep. No, they didn't. Oh no! Wait, that yeah, it was the Braves. Yeah, it was the Braves. They won it the year before, but they, who won it? The- that was what I was thinking about. I was- <laughs> I know time is a flat. I, I can't remember most years. I forgot ah. today was a Tuesday until, until <laughs> I, I texted it might you. Be Wednesday. I'm usually confused on dates. I get it. I get it with time. I'm not going to blame you for that one. But it's like, how many, how many championships do the Dodgers have since they've been doing this for, they've been doing this price since like what, 2012? They've been doing this for I'm well over a decade in terms of just spending a shitload of money on players. They've won one title. So let's stop. Stop acting like it's just going to be the same fucking team every year. 
Right. It just doesn't happen that way. Not in sports. No. The NBA is getting more parity, and they and they and they they don't they have a, a salary cap, but they they've got the luxury tax in there. Mm-hmm. We're, this we're in the best era of sports in in North America in terms of there's really not many dynasties going on. The only dynasty that's happening right now is Tampa. <laughs> Which is just, do we even want to call it a dynasty yet? Sure, they've won back-to-back, but I think they got to win one more title in the next few years before we call it an official dynasty. It's three and four. Three and four is an official dynasty. Yeah, three and four, three and five, something like that. Like, just consistent success. Like, it, it's... Three and six, if you want to count Chicago's. Yeah, no, I, I would I would consider that one a dynasty. It's a dynasty mired in pure shit, but you know, <laughs> another day. Um, but but you you get what I mean, like like let's stop acting like this is just some unbelievable, unethical thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Many teams are doing it now. Just because the Lightning are doing it better than anybody else doesn't mean anything against the Lightning. It doesn't mean anybody else isn't doing it. <laughs> yeah. Vegas just tried to fucking do Vegas it. is clearly doing it. Like, come on. They clearly did it, and they clearly messed it up. <laughs> but, God, it's just, it, it's just frustrating. You see the tweet like, hey, welcome back, Evgeny. Yeah, uh, welcome back, Evgeny. <laughs> Happy to have you back as a part of our franchise. Sad <laughs> it off, scored. And they're like, oh my he's god, he's going overtime winner. They're playing well, and they're just like they're tweeting like, "Daddy's home" and stuff like that. It's like, oh, god, yeah. Out. The other social right. media manager came back or whatever. The cringier guy. They literally just tried to trade this dude away with a second round pick for Ryan Kessler's corpse. Let's <laughs> 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 just stop it. Just stop. Oh man, it's crazy. <laughs> okay, last GM meetings thing. Uh, that I want to get to, and then I want to get into some other wild things to wrap this up. Uh-oh. Yeah, you're frozen, Doug. Shit. Oh, oh I'm back. I'm back. Okay. I'm back. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about one more GM thing, and then uh, we're going to talk about some weirder stuff to wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Stephen Walcom met with the general managers, the head of officiating talked with GMs. Awesome. I don't know what exactly it was about, but I want to say it's about <laughs> playoff <laughs> officiating. I'm assuming. Maybe it was an apology for how awful they're going to be in postseason. Maybe it was an apology for how awful they've been so far just this regular season. Yeah. Like, hey, we're not sure which one of you it's going to be, but we're apologizing in advance for which one of your teams is going to be eliminated due to our shitty <laughs> Due to, yeah. I don't know any details other than welcome talk to them. Yeah. Honestly. But, I mean, we could talk about that on Saturday if, if I do a little bit more research. Uh I will say that we know, like, we know what officiating is in the NHL. It's crap. Yeah, it's crap. (laughs) Any better? I don't expect it to get any better. I've lowered my expectations. Wes McCauley's doing a Reddit AMA today. (laughs) My God. (laughs) 
dude reddit's already enough of a shit show like i feel bad more for west than anything oh you know who who needs to be doing one of those tim peel because that will will be an actual ama he will actually answer the real questions yes honestly (laughs) what was his name um I keep forgetting his name. Oh, the one shitty one in the Montreal the Vegas, City. Montreal, yeah. Yeah, Chris something. Chris something. Chris Stewart or something like that. Yeah, Chris Stewart. Was he a hockey player? I don't know. <laughs> he might have been. I think he might have been a Ducks player, Chris Stewart. Uh, good. Why do we... This Chris is a second... Chris Lee. Lee, yeah, the guy that's been around since 2001. Yeah, that guy sucks. All right. So I mentioned, like, we talked about Melnick's passing, and I tweeted something uh, last night that between what's gone on the past, like, four days, between Melnick passing away, Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters passed away. I'm so fucking sad, man. Oh, my God. That shit took my breath away. I saw him in 2012 when they came to Cleveland. He was unbelievable. I never, I never got to see Foos, and they just today canceled all the rest of their tours. Unbelievable. God, I wonder. Goal, man. I wonder how. Yeah, dude, you lose your front man. Yeah. And then you become the front man, and you lose your drummer. Both of them, he was so close to as well. I just. Ohio guy. Yeah. Dave, I, just, I can't imagine, man. And I, I feel for Dave. Dave's such a good dude. Taylor had just turned 50 years old. Yeah. That, that was it. 50. God damn. That shit's heartbreaking, man. I mean, I, I love that dude. Feel for Nate. Shit. I feel for Nate, for Rami, for Pat, for yeah. all of all. them. Yeah. And it's just like Taylor was the spark plug <laughs> of that man. Like, what? Seriously, he was just fucking awesome, and I, he had a lot more, I think, involvement with the band than that people realize when you think about him. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely backup vocals. There are several songs that he just straight up sang. Like, he Dude, was their Dude. shadow dancing cover from last year is one of my favorite yes. things they've ever done. Yes. It just, God, that, that that sucks. I was heartbroken. At I binged Foos all through Saturday morning when I was pet sitting. I believe it. And I wanted I to watch. I wanted to watch to. the movie. Netflix doesn't have the fucking movie because they never have what you want to watch. <laughs> no, it's usually on like Voodoo or some shit like that. <laughs> but I wanted to watch Studio Six 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 just because of Taylor, and like yeah. I couldn't. So that one, and then the Oscars happened. And we were yeah, and all over this shit when it happened. The Oscars were crazy. Andrew Garfield was on his phone. <laughs> Probably being like, yo. And nothing else happened. Thank you. Texting Toby and... <laughs> so this Will Smith, Chris Rock thing. Poor t- my honest take. Poor taste joke from Chris. I get it. I get why Will went up and did it. 
it was a good slap. I'll be honest with you. It was a, it was just like perfect slap. But at the same time, I don't think Will should have done it. <laughs> There's better ways you can handle this, Will. My 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 take of it was it was funny seeing all the takes after. Dude, people. the memes were legendary. Like, Didn't I like, text you the pizza pie one? <laughs> no. Oh my it, god, I gotta send you this. Dude, my, my favorite part about it were the people who were acting like he like shot him. Oh god. <laughs> he, he was acting like it's the big, biggest deal in the world. They were like, he could have killed him. <laughs> it's like, it's dude, he didn't like, like, No! And, uh, Chris took it like a champ. That, 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 that was crazy. But my honest take on it here, yeah. did you get check the meme out? <laughs> You're gonna love this. That's crazy. <laughs> it's so good, right? <laughs> <laughs> My take is that we sh- we as people we in in society shouldn't have takes on it. Right. It was a human moment. Pretty much. I mean, so- you know. I think it was a low moment for everybody. Like personally, I didn't know that that that, J- that Jada was going. I'll say this: I didn't know she had alopecia or whatever it was. I thought it was neither just, did I. I um, thought, yeah. You know the ethics of it, people's takes. Everybody's got their opinions on it. Personally, I just didn't laugh at. It. I just didn't think it was a good joke. Right. That, I didn't my, get it. I, I didn't, didn't get it because I didn't yeah. know the movie. I didn't know the movie. I didn't know she was going through that. I was kind of just like, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it was a low. It was a low moment for Chris Rock telling a joke that didn't land, mm-hmm. and it was a low moment for Will Smith and how he reacted. It was a human moment. The and hot. We should be judging people for their lowest moments. There's so good people. I was watching Rich Eisen talk about it and the whole thing with the delays. Yeah that you know cut the audio back but then you watch one that's not delayed like the japanese one that went viral yeah where you can hear the hot mic dude that dude sh- sh- will smith shouted like the, the second time he he, he screamed it out <laughs> that was from the shallowest depths of his soul yeah <laughs> he put everything into that they were seen like when uh trevor story hit that home run like 500 feet in cores and everybody was like yo that, that was a crazy long home run yeah however much he put into that home run is how much will smith put into, that <laughs> into the second delivery of keep your name <laughs> keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth yeah it, that's <laughs> what it was man it's it was a human moment that that's how i how i interpret it, it yeah it's, both of them it happens it, it, i don't we, judge either of them for it well, you also got to think about the fact that these are also two very high A-list actors and comedians. Yeah. Like, if this was Joe Schmo at the Comedy Barn, like, fucking nobody's going to hear about this. I'll say this. The one thing I'll say about it, I thought Chris Rock handled it, the aftermath, very well. Because I mm-hmm. know, very confident, if that happened to Dave Chappelle, <laughs> that man is pulling out a million August jokes right after uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
to do it you for the there's i mean so will had a tweet thread like he was live tweeting everything else still um he even yeah, said he was on twitter during the rest of that i wasn't i didn't think he had twitter and it was just like the whole thing like he even replied to somebody and said you know let him say that to my face let let chris apologize to my face and then we'll talk i i is is he actually on twitter i'm pretty sure that's what i was getting no, because there's another will smith who is oh was it is the one from San Francisco. Oh. Which is also hilarious because there's two players. There's one on the Dodgers there's, and one Yes. On, one, Which one Foolish Baseball had a thing about that. Foolish Baseball having two Will Smiths is like... <laughs> was just like, wait a minute, so you're telling me there's another person named Will Smith that's famous? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, it, it, was, it was crazy because I, I know he's on Instagram and he had the post with Jada. It's just so such a huge This is crazy, man. Dude, the audio of the slap and you think it's like a punch at first and it's like, whoo! I'll say this about the two of them. Okay. And mm-hmm. this is where as humans we have to thank them. Yeah. Okay. Genuinely. Mm-hmm. I want to give my appreciation to both Will Smith and to Chris Rock for reminding me that that award show is happening. <laughs> that too, yes. Because <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, if it didn't happen, I would have had no fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> right. And Will winning Best Actor and going up and apologizing during his speech was kind of nice. It was kind of nice, but some of those awkward. You know what it kind of reminded me of is because uh, you you have like that low moment and it's followed by winning an award and 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 it, nobody's focused on that. Do you know what it reminded me of? What like all the awards that uh, players from the Tampa Bay Lightning won after being swept by Columbus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How Bassie was all shifty-eyed, like, oh, fuck. He won it, and he was just like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> like, it's moments like this where you win it, and it's just like, who gives a shit? Right. Or like in, in 2003, when John Sebastian Jaguar <laughs> won the Smythe after losing. After games. losing the final, oh. Just that that accomplishment of just like, hey, hey, here, enjoy. Sorry you didn't win. <laughs> oh man, um, I want I want you to talk about your weekend in DC to wrap this or DC in New York to wrap this up. How was big city life, man? Unbelievable, man. You know, New York, New York City is always crowded as hell with people and everything. I know, but it was it was a good time because we got so we went from we went up to Saratoga where my buddy lives, then we took a train from there down to the Penn Station, which is like right there at MSG. And so we were only staying four blocks away from the arena and, you know, the hotel was nice. Mm -hmm. Um, But we we weren't in it very long. We went to a a place right across the street from the garden called Local NYC, and it's got a rooftop bar. So we got our food and drinks on the rooftop bar uh, ahead of the game. We're chilling, and then we went to the dude. The arena is freaking gorgeous. It's unbelievable. I mean, I've I've been outside of it because the last time I was in New York was for my senior trip in high school, uh, which yeah. I mean that also fell on my 18th birthday, which was amazing in its own right. But yeah, but dude, but like, come on, the seats are a little crowded. I'm not gonna lie. Well, it, yeah, it's it, Madison Square Garden, in, but 
it was just the experience was just incredible what else did you do in the arena we didn't do much inside the city it was really just we were there for i we were in new york city for less than 24 hours Uh, okay but you know so we went to the game and then afterwards we went out to uh the bar i met up with some friends from new jersey because i remember i asked you for pictures and you only sent me the two from the game because yeah, i didn't I'm, I'm not a person who takes a lot of pictures to begin Fair. with but yeah that that's just kind of how it was but let's tell you man unbelievable experience they won they won five to one over the penguins they scored Woo! three first five minutes uh it was buzzing the whole building was buzzing and it was it was a great time um and then, say, and then the penguins went ahead and scored 11 on the red wings yeah i think they got their frustrations out in the next game <laughs> Dude, I've never seen an NHL team score 11. I think the last time they said that that happened was what, like early 2000s or late 90s? Wow. It's crazy. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I'm glad you had such a good time in New York. Um, Appreciate it, brother. I'm I'm working on a trip myself for the summer, uh, which, I mean, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um but we'll figure it out uh for my own trip and we'll figure out the show for that and we will see y'all on tuesday jay jake jackets a podcast for fifth liners and all puckheads around follow the guys on twitter at snake garinger g-a-r-r-i-n-g-e-r and at by jay ashdown and subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen. March on. March on.